Welcome to Modern Musings, Conversations with the Maiden, Mother, and Crone, where we look at ourselves and our world through the lens of the 21st century. Hi, welcome back to Modern Musings. I'm your hostess, Cindy Murray, and I am here with my co-hosts, Amber Garvin and Kristen Hessler. Hello. Hey, I got your name right that time. You did. (laughs) (laughs) What a way. If you have not joined us before, if you're just a first-time listener, um, welcome to the show. And um, we are a group of women who are kind of represented by the maiden, mother, and crone uh, because we're in different stages of our lives and... We like to kind of talk about our the differences and the sameness of being women in the 21st century, and we have a lot of lot of things to talk about. If you are a frequent listener or this is a repeat listen, welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back. Um, we really appreciate you listening, and we're hoping that you're going out there and commenting on the blog, you know, reading the blog too and commenting there or giving us that good thumbs up rating on the podcast, you know, give us some good ratings so that we can be in circulation a little more and, and get to some more listeners. So, um, today we are here, um, talking about weight loss. I am a chronic sufferer of weight loss. And I, the reason I say that, because it's like a disease. <laughs> I feel like I'm always under this burden of weight loss. Um, and I want to talk about some of the challenges of living with weight loss because we are just constantly living with it. Um, I want to get to a point where that is not the focus of my life anymore. Um, where weight maintenance is the focus of my life or normal weight, we, we can say, but, um, right now we're, I'm in the weight loss phase of my life and I've been here for a long time struggling with it day by day. And, uh, I, I want to kind of bring that out here and talk about it a little bit. Um, I know a lot of you are probably dealing with that too and, it's such a hard thing and, you know, it really helps to get the support of each other and kind of get out there and, and talk about it and learn from each other. And, um, I don't know, I have no idea where this conversation is going to go today because I just know that I want to talk about this and I want to get out there and conquer this disease of obesity that is in my life right now. I am a diabetic. Uh, type two, so which is brought on by weight. Um, I'm also a cancer survivor, which I've mentioned before on the podcast. Uh, I had a variation of breast cancer that is estrogen positive. Um, and so estrogen positive cancers are often a byproduct of uh, obesity and are aggravated by obesity. And so this is a battle that is very important to me because I don't want my cancer to come back. I don't want the side effects of my diabetes to affect my life anymore. And I'm, I'm ready to live a more active life and I can't do that at the weight I'm at. And, um, so I think it's, it's time to start talking about this a little more and I've, I've already been serious about weight loss, but, um, I just, I think I need to change my tactics because what I've been doing has not worked for me so far. Uh, recently I, I had lost some weight and I had a change in my medication and it just sent me the opposite direction. So, um, we're going to talk about some things that work. I know um, Kristen and Amber both have had the um, gastric sleeve surgery, so um, we'll talk about that a little bit too, and then we'll talk about um, you know some non-surgical 
things that are that have worked and have not worked. So, um, who who has something they'd like to lead off with? Um, well, I guess I can lead off uh, in a sense that um, I have had gastric sleeve surgery and it did work really well for me up until a certain point and then oh when I was going through my divorce I introduced bread back into my life and um I was I was losing weight things were going good and then I well, see, um, I mean, aside from all of that, I struggle my, and we talked about mental health a couple yes. of weeks ago. Yes. yes. And one, one thing that I suffer from is binge eating disorder. Okay. And I have my whole life, and I'm not talking about like a bulimia, I'm talking about because bulimia is binging and purging. Mm-hmm. That's throwing up after. Um, but um, binge eating disorder is just binge eating until you get so full that you pretty much suffer. suffer, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you feel like you're going to die. And then you don't throw it up. You just gain weight, you know, from binge eating and binge eating. I and, have done this too. So, yeah. yeah. I think probably a lot of us have. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, like, um, so I have struggled with my weight and my mental health my whole Mm -hmm. life. And, you know, it's losing weight to me is, is about getting healthy. Both of my parents died from weight related issues. Mm -hmm. Like the ultimate reason that. They died. Well, they were both diabetic, also. Okay. But yeah. yes, the and they had heart problems, and which is often caused by the diabetes. Yeah, yes, of course. And then you know, so the so ultimately, they died because of their weight and that they didn't control their diabetes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, that's in my family as well. So. Yeah. So that's the reason that I originally that I was over. Like, after my dad died, my binge eating disorder went out of control. Uh Like, to the point where I would go, I would leave work, and I would go and get, like, chili cheese fries. And I would go and park somewhere so and secretly eat them and then go home and eat what my husband cooked for dinner. Uh So, it was like, it was a really bad thing. Like, I would hide food so he wouldn't see me binge eating yeah yeah and that that happened that started back up I mean I had it when I was a kid as well like I would hide food in my bedroom under my bed so my parents wouldn't see me and judge me Mm -hmm. but um that really like came to a head after my dad died and I ballooned like I gained so much weight that um by the time a year later, my mom died, and I was over 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. I was big. You know, like uh, I was talking to Kristen, and uh, I was telling her, you know, before my surgery that I would, if I put on pants standing up, my hip would pop out. Like it was bad. Like I could barely move. I could barely walk. I couldn't fit in my car. It was a very bad situation, and... I won't even tell you what size clothes I wore, but I was to the point where I could hardly find clothes to wear. And so after seeing my parents die of those issues, the doctor frankly told me, he was like, you're going to die. You need, Mm -hmm. I strongly suggest weight loss surgery and that'll help you get back on track. And it did. I lost 190 pounds. That's amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, now I'm at the stage of where, you know, when I go in through my divorce, I started eating bread again. So I started gaining a little bit of weight. So like I was maintaining at 190 pounds for a year and I was the smallest and I'm really haven't gained any clothing size, like maybe one clothing size back. 
and I'm still like wearing, you know, and that's just around my middle, but you know, now I'm struggling with trying not to gain it back. I'm struggling right. with maintaining and then getting past that 190 pound hump. Like I've gained about, I won't tell you how much I've gained back, but I have gained a little bit of weight back. So I'm not at a 190 pound loss anymore, but right now I'm with all the stress that's going on since my divorce and COVID and everything like that, I'm having a hard time losing what little I gained back and then losing even more, especially since I introduced bread back into my life. I feel the same way. Um, you know, so I had the surgery like a year or six months or something before you, mm, about a year. Yeah, about a year, yeah. Yeah, so um, I was doing great. Uh, and then right before COVID was when my husband and I moved in together um, and his daughter moved in with us and the food in my house changed mm. completely. Um, when I was just living with my brother post-surgery, you know, my brother being a single man and I was a single woman, we're like, Hey, let's rent a, a house together. And, um, we could easily live on, he was fine eating the food that I ate meat and vegetables. You know, we didn't really have any bread. We had no snacks, no junk food. Like our idea of snacks was string cheese. And, um, you know, we did really good with that. We did not have any sodas or cake, any of those like foods that mess up people's diets. And I did really good until I moved in with my now husband and daughter. Um, you know, she has her snacking needs and my husband has his snacking needs and they were all different from mine and so mm -hmm. we you know introduced new foods into my house and it's I don't have the um, ability to restrain myself so you're talking about you know your battle with eating disorder I have compulsive overeating disorder so a lot mm -hmm. like binging um, mine Very is similar. compulsory so it's all day like, all the time like snacking Not, all you like to snack I do um, and I don't even realize half the time that I'm doing it. I just like am a zombie and I just wander, you know, into the kitchen and I will, I've actually woke up in the middle of the night staring at the pantry. So, you know, like sleepwalk mm -hmm. into find mm -hmm. a snack, you know, it's, it's always on my mind in my subconscious, like the snacking. And so that's something that I battle with. Um, and so when there are snacks and things around that I can easily just start eating, I will. And uh, that made that really challenging with new people in the house and new foods that were easily readily available. Like those little handy snack bag of chips, those are so dangerous. Um, you know, the little mini bags of yeah, chips. Yeah, yeah. Raina loves those. She likes to take them for school and she eats them for snacks. And, and uh, you know, they get purchased and <laughs> they're there. Yeah. Um, and then COVID followed right after that. And that's when my weight loss really came to a halt because I was no longer packing a lunch and taking it with me. Mm -hmm. And that's all the food. You know, like even mm -hmm. last week we were talking about like our morning routine and packing that specific meal that I consciously prepared ahead of time. When I was at home all day, I didn't do that. So I so would just easy wander to just walk into to the bridge, yeah. Yeah, the, my break room was a fully stocked kitchen. Mm -hmm. So um, that's been a real struggle um, is that fighting the compulsion to snack. And um, that has been probably like my biggest battle my entire life, I think, is just the snacking, um, you know, portion control and um being mindful when i'm eating so that's what i'm battling right now with um the new lifestyle mm -hmm. um that's been on my my uh forefront right now right i um i i wanted to go back to some things that amber was talking about with the um the the binge eating so i i think my and, and you guys have mentioned that you're your eating disorders started when you were much younger. And, and I, 
I think I can recall when mine started. And I'm pretty sure it was about the time I hit high school. And I was always a very thin um, kid, but there was a lot of things going on in my life about junior high and high school. And um, I grew up in a not very supportive relate, you know, family. Um, the, the, my relationship with my parents was not your typical relationship. And, um, I won't go into too many details about my childhood, but I, I recall during those time periods being, um, not having enough food to eat, and sometimes the food that was there to eat wasn't the wasn't necessarily what you would call a meal. And so, you know, I would eat a lot of things like um, rolled up balls of bread. You know, we would take the white bread and pull the um, crust off of it and roll it in butter and sugar and eat that because it was uh, kind of satisfied. a a craving, you know, for, uh, you know, it gives you a little endorphin rush or whatever it is, you know, because it's sugar, it gives you that little high. Um, but you know, that's like all there was, was bread and butter to eat. And so, you know, we tried to make it as fun to eat as we could. Um, you know, it might be a box of macaroni and cheese and that was all we had to eat or, you know, little things like that. And, and I also remember, you know, you're talking about binge eating and stuff and, but my, my stuff has always been, I don't know, like one of the things that I would, my mother would keep Eagle brand in the, in the pantry and I would literally open that Eagle brand and just eat it by the spoonful. And a lot of people are, I know are going, oh my God, that stuff is so sweet. But I would just, I, I, I would crave that good feeling from eating that, you know, it just, it, it did, you know, I was trying to fill that void inside my young childish person, you know, mine was icing. Like oh, my yeah. mom always had like an icing and I would sneak into the kitchen mm-hmm. at night and take a spoonful of it oh yeah yeah and, and then sometimes sneak back and take another yeah. spoonful of it and and I would do things and and then you know go back onto the binging um you know there have been times in my life you were talking about you know sneaking off to go eat somewhere you know I would go through the drive-thru at McDonald's and I couldn't decide if I wanted to fillet a fish or a Big Mac and I'd so I'd get one of each and eat that and I'd like cram it down before mm-hmm. I got home, you know, this is an hour before dinner or whatever. And then, eat dinner, and then yeah. I would eat dinner as well. So, um, luckily I've put a stop to most of those habits. I, I will say that every once in a while I'll, I'll go out there and I'm tempted to have that, that something in secret that I don't want anybody else to know that I ate, but, um, you know, it's, it's, a it's a struggle. And my doctor is always on me about, have you, have you stopped eating the fast food? And my answer is, you know, (laughs) I don't want to, honestly, I don't want to. It's like a response. Like the greasy fast food is like a response (sighs) in your body. It it gives you the satisfaction. You're just like, "Mm." yes, every bite, every bite that I put in my mouth is like, Oh, this tastes so good. And, and what I really want is a normal response to that food. You know, my husband, um, is not addicted to those kind of foods. I, I don't think. And, you know, he can go without them for months on end and never want it. Um, but me, I'm, I'm like, what can I have next? You know, I want that. I want that again. I want that again. I'm that way, but with sweets, like mm. like cakes and pies and bread I, sweets. I do like some of those things, but I really, you know, it's like the, the Taco Bueno burrito or the the Big Mac or the... It's the savory and the protein high And caloric. the fat, high yeah. fat, um, savory... Um, even, even the things that I snack on, I tend towards 
the more savory things, um, like a, a trail mix or a chip or a, uh, I had, I went on a thing for a long time where I ate Cheez-Its as my late night snack every, every night. And, you know, and, and you're talking about, you know, polishing stuff off or whatever. I could sit down with a bag of chips and eat the whole bag of chips in one sitting and not bat an eye. No, yeah, definitely. I, I really try not to let myself do that thing anymore, but that was where my weight started. It started with those bad habits of, you know, I, when I was a senior in high school, my go-to lunch every day was a Coca-Cola and an August cherry fried pie. That's what I ate for lunch. And, um, you know, it was cheap. I could afford it. Um, I, I was going to cosmetology half a day, my junior and senior years of high school. So, um, I couldn't afford lunch elsewhere and I wasn't at the high school to eat the school lunch. So I would stop and grab that on my way to my cosmetology classes and, you know, I could eat that in the car on the way and it was terrible. I had a terrible diet. I didn't think it was bad for me at the time. I was thinking, oh, I'm not eating very much. It's, you know, it's not very much. I didn't eat very much and I'm skinny. I was very skinny when I was that age. Um, so even though I was binging on these things and I was, I also was not bulimic. I've never, I don't think I ever could make myself throw up because that's something I, I just can't deal with at all. Um, so but, but I would binge it. And, but then, you know, I just would starve. I would just not eat again. And, uh, I never ate breakfast. I, and I would have this Coke and this, um, cherry pie for lunch. And then I'd come home to dinner and dinner at my house growing up was, uh, a serving of hamburger helper that's meant to feed four people but it was divided out between five people and my mother and father took the greater share. So, and, and it wasn't, you know, and then maybe a can of vegetables split between us. So there wasn't a whole lot of food. And so I think that that's, you know, the poor nutrition was the only reason that I was so skinny And then I was also in marching band and things like that. So, you know, I was getting a little bit of exercise and, and so it wasn't until I became an adult and started having children that I started gaining weight and, but I was still maintaining those bad eating habits on top of the normal, you know, cooking for my family eating habits. So, you know, it, it, I never corrected those bad eating habits until I started having problems, really serious problems with my weight. And, um, so now I'm diabetic and I obviously can't eat the Cheez-Its or the, the can of Eagle brand or whatever it is, but I still crave those sweets and savories. And I've, I've tried to find some, you know, kind of keto versions of things that I can, snack on and and things like that. But I've really found that I'm better off if I don't snack at all, um, except for my late night, um, snack. And I usually have some nuts or something like that. But if I just stick to my regular meals and then only have that evening snack, because if I snack during the day, it just makes me want to eat more. Yeah. I remember when I had my surgery, my uh, surgeon told me just to stick to the three meals and don't snack. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, I was like, never again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) um, So that's been the hardest part for me is the in between the meals and like you know after dinner you know if you eat dinner at seven o'clock but you stay up until three o'clock in the morning every night you kind of need to have a snack yeah I yeah. feel like I'm I get hungry again around 11 o'clock well and I, and I, I still have four hours to go you know I have to snack um because of my diabetes um I eat breakfast when I wake up I have lunch you know 
four to six hours later or whatever. And then I have dinner, you know, usually around 7 p.m., 7.30. But I, too, stay up really late at night. And so there's there's a long number of hours there, you know, six, seven. That's a long time to go without food. And if I don't have a snack, my, my blood sugars start dropping and I don't... Um, and then, and then they start bouncing around, you know, so it, by having that little snack, it kind of tides me over and keeps me more level throughout the night. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really hard. I, I'm, I'm also a grazer. So if the food is out, if it's there, um, and, and this has been a problem that we had when we first started doing, um, this podcast, we started out with some, um, it, in our recording studio, we'd have like a little charcuterie set out and that would be our dinner. So we were trying to keep it healthy. Um, you know, meats and cheeses and, you know, a little bit of vegetables, you know, or whatever. We tended to eat on it all All night night long. Whenever we would record our podcast. Yeah. We would be eating all night long. We'd record a, you know, start, do a little bit of recording and then we'd get up and go eat some more, you know, and then we'd do a little recording and get up and eat some more. It was in front of us and we just, as we're recording, we're just eating the whole time, you know? And, um, yeah, that, that's not good at all. And it, you know, we'd have a meeting and we would sit with food in front of us while we're as part of our meeting, you know, and we would sit and eat and I eat and eat. I think that for all of us, because food has always been such a prevalent part of our day-to-day life because Mm -hmm. it's a part of our mental health that we battle with that we're always planning everything around our meals and stuff well yeah yeah yeah, i feel like if i could just plan something and not include food in it so that it would be planned like and not have a snack or something like oh i need to have a snack during this meeting Who's bringing the snack? Right. You know, if I can, you know, plan some things without feeling like I need to do that, then my life would be a lot easier. I probably would lose weight a lot faster. Right. If I didn't have those temptations, like... Maybe meet over coffee and not lunch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's um, things, those little things to consider whenever you're trying to lose weight is how can I change the way I think... So that I change the behavior, lifestyle, behavior change. Behavior, you have to change the way you think first. Right, right, yeah, and that's true. Um, I I was doing, and still am doing, but I'm not really actively doing it. Um, I, at my doctor's suggestion, um, I subscribed to Noom, and um, it has a lot of lessons and things like that. And they're, you know, they talk about mindful eating and not. Um, you know, you uh, changing, it's all about changing the way you think about food and, and your relationships to food. And, and I do think that is a big part of it. I know that when I quit smoking 15 years, has it been 15 years since I quit smoking? Has it really been that long? It has. And, but, you know, I learned a lot of things about myself in that process that I really felt like I could apply to losing weight. But the problem is that when you're, when you stop smoking, you can remove yourself from that situation. You can stay away from smokers you can not have smoker, you know, cigarettes or tobacco in your home. You can just quit smoking and, and then you can rewire your brain to not think about it. But the problem is food. You can't quit eating. You cannot quit eating. And so you can't ever remove that relationship with your food. You just have to change the relationship with your food. And that has been the greatest struggle for me, I think. Um, I used to have a friend that, well, she was a coworker, and she was always like, food is for nutrition. Food is not for pleasure. Food is for nutrition. And that's, and she was skinny as a rail, 
um, you know, very healthy. And, and that was always her thing is that food is for nutrition. Food is not for entertainment. Food is not for pleasure. And then, you know, my argument with her was always, but God gave me taste buds. Why do I have taste buds if it's not to enjoy the pleasure of that food? And, you know, unfortunately, I think I have an addictive personality to that food. And I don't think I have an addictive personality to other things because I've, I can gamble and stop. I quit smoking. Um, I, I don't drink a lot of alcohol, but food is an addiction that I cannot to the, to this day control. And that is something I really want to do. And unlike other addictions, I can't just eliminate it from my life. So it, it's really challenging for me. And I've, I've tried a lot of different things. I've tried to, you know, not an Atkins diet, but I did like slim fast for lunch and breakfast and then ate dinner at night. And, and that didn't work because it interfered with this or that. And, you know, and, you know, it, all of those things, none of those things really worked, um, because they're not sustainable. And that's the thing. You have to find something that is sustainable. I, I like the idea of the bariatric surgery because it does control your portion size. Um, and there are some kind of ugly consequences if you don't. And, so, but at the same time, it's not an end all be all. It is it, not. It's a tool to help you it lose weight. It is just a tool. But and it's, it's not mm-hmm. like, um, if you step out of that, you know, then you gain your You're weight back. You're just going to go right you back know, to where you, you were. You expand because, your stomach out yeah. and, you know, like, um, yeah, it'll help you control your portion size. And then, you know, like you said, bad consequences, but, um, you have to stick with the portion size. Like if you can just like any other diet, eat, yeah. If yeah. you eat more and you eat more and you eat more, then your stomach will slowly stretch out again to where you can. And you know, that's like the hardest thing ever for a binge eater. And I want to tell you that that surgery did not, it did not cure my binge eating right it, I just binge eat on a smaller scale, smaller scale and yeah. I have to be very careful in the sense that like I can't make too much food or buy too much food because or even you'll, have you'll snack food mm-hmm. in my house because if there's snack food that I can eat in my house I will think about that food or if I'm sitting at the dinner table and say like um I order something at a restaurant if I don't uh, get it in a to-go box or like half it out or something I will sit there and I will eat on that food until I get sick well and that is a that's a good point about the restaurants too because um restaurant food is usually very bad well it it's very bad it has a lot of sodium it has a lot of fat. It has a lot of carbs. They often add sugar to things. And then the portion sizes are twice what you should be eating in a meal. And <laughs> and so a lot of people order it and then they eat the whole thing. You know, we've all been taught that clean your plate thing, you know, when we were kids yeah. or starving children in China or whatever it is. And, and, and so we're guilted into eating everything on our plate because you can't waste that food. And, and so then we're eating twice as much food as we want. And I, I want to say to the, to the bariatric thing, you know, a lot of people say, well, they took the easy way out. I have watched four different people that I know that are good friends of mine go through this surgery. If you think that's the easy way out, you have no idea what they've had to go through. It's the hardest thing I ever did in my life. It Absolutely. Is, it is not the easy way out. And it is a hard way out. It's just, and like you said, it's just a tool to help you. Especially, especially yeah, tool. Somebody who 
quit smoking using the patch or whatever, you know, it's just a, or, or, or loses weight using diet pills. That's not an easy way out either. You still have to control your eating. And so it's, it's, it's the there hardest is thing. no easy way out. No, no easy way. And it's the hardest. And if you're a binge eater like me, it's the hardest thing in the world because that's one of my coping mechanisms. And I did it right after my mom died, like a few months. And they say don't do it when you're going through an emotional thing. But mm-hmm. I did it just a few months after my mom died. And, well, I had started the process when she was still alive. But I, you know, I went through the surgery a few months after she died. And, you know, it, the, it was the most struggling thing in the world because all I wanted to do was eat. And mm-hmm. I literally sewed my stomach and mouth shut and I couldn't eat and I would lay in bed for hours and cry because I couldn't eat Mm -hmm. because that was a coping mechanism and I was still coping with my mom's death yeah whenever I had my surgery Travis and I had just uh actually pre-surgery Travis and I were dating so every time we went on a date it was me like drinking water on the date <laughs> or yeah, or pre-surgery diet yeah yeah well and because that brings... i couldn't i couldn't even have like caffeine or, yeah. you know i was drinking decaf coffee and we'd have a coffee date and i'd get decaf coffee somewhere or water <laughs> um or i would bring my own protein shake and consume that you know as yeah. at our date you know we go to to a restaurant and i wouldn't get to eat anything on the date and you know for for someone meeting someone and trying to get to know them that might seem kind of awkward you know if you didn't really know a whole lot about that person you know i imagine you know him his perspective of that was probably abnormal um but you know he's been with me this whole time you know kind of by my side and and uh it was good for him to be able to be on both parts of the right. before and after because he um knows what uh, my restrictions are and right. what my yeah. needs are yeah. so it's good to have that support well you're you're talking about definitely tough the, oh go ahead go, keep going. oh i was just gonna say it's definitely um tough dating after bariatric surgery you know like whenever i um met my current boyfriend Jason, like on our first date, I uh, barely ate. Like I definitely can't eat rice and he ordered sushi for us to share. And I'm like, oh, do I tell him? It's our first date. Do I tell him about the surgery and I can't eat sushi, you know, or whatever? (laughs) Well, and that, you know, that both of those, uh, both of those situations bring up something that was, has been a struggle for me all along. Um, being in a relationship and having other people in your home that you're responsible for feeding Mm -hmm. and need and, and their needs and desires being different than your own. And when I was, uh, a young mother and trying to lose weight, um, I was trying to, you know, make different food for myself than my family because my family, um, did not want to eat the food that I needed to eat to lose the weight. Um, and my spouse, my husband, Mark was, um, he's, or, or I didn't want to watch them eat things I couldn't have. And I didn't want to restrict what they had just because it was something. You put yourself I, in a dilemma. Yes, yeah. it was a. It I was a between a rock and a hard place, and and Mark was not comfortable with me not sitting at the table with them eating, and and it and it really um, there were some sabotaging behaviors there. I think on his part as well, um, and then some self sabotaging behaviors on my part because I didn't want to um, be in that situation. And, but it, it, it's really difficult for me because my husband is not on a restricted diet 
and he wants to eat chips with his sandwich and he wants to have pizza night and he wants to eat spaghetti and he wants to have Chinese food and all of those things are full of sugars and full of carbs and full of fat and there are things that I really can't eat and I don't think it's right. You know, a lot of time, a lot of times that's the, the instructions that they give you remove all of the tempting foods from your house. Well, I can't do that. My husband eats cookies. Um, my children had snacks after school. I'm not going to keep them from eating them. Right. They had sugary cereals right. and Raina's things. And favorite thing to eat for breakfast is Cheerios. I'm not going to like, but that's also my number one tempting food. Oh yeah, I love cereal. Oh my I love gosh. having a bowl of cereal. And I miss that has cereal. Been my I struggle. haven't had cereal I in years. I eat it, and that's probably why I'm struggling, because I'll have I have a special little tiny bowl that I eat my cereal out of. I restrict myself to this little tiny cereal, but you know I'm I'm eating it, and I shouldn't. Um, yeah. And so that's why I try to like buy like the little mini chip bags and say those are Raina's. I don't eat the little mini chip bags, you know. But we, I had in you know yeah. in my house, I've yeah. had lots of other you. people I don't take away from their what they want to eat, right? Thing. Yeah. And so, so then it becomes a struggle because there's things in the house that I can't eat and I have to look at them every day. I will say though, that it has made me, if I do keep resisting those things, then I become immune to them. I I will say that for the most part. Um, there are things, my husband keeps cookies in the fridge or in the pantry all the time. And I am not tempted at all to go eat those cookies. But I mean, there are some other things that I will go eat, but, but I'm not tempted to eat those cookies. So, and, and that might have been a temptation before, but it's not now. Um, there are still some things though, that I just can't have in the house because I will eat them. The Cheez-Its is one of them. I would literally (laughs) sit and eat that box of Cheez-Its if it was in front of me. Um, certain kinds of potato chips, if there's there, I could sit and eat the whole bag if I let myself. Now, I've I've gotten a lot better at not doing it, but that doesn't mean that that temptation isn't still there. And, but, you know, it's, I don't know. There's, there's a, I'm, I'm having a lot of different kinds of struggles now too, because um, when I was diagnosed with diabetes, I, I started, started changing my diet a lot and I removed a lot of the heavy carbs and, you know, the, 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 um, you know, the breads and the cereals and the pastas and things like that and, and went for whole grain, um, you know, well, or like, um, brown rice and things like that and, and trying to get most of my carbs from my vegetables and more healthy sources and, and actually limiting the number of those as well. And I, I've done well, and then I'll kind of fall off the wagon a little bit, you know, and back and forth. And I was actually losing weight. I was, um, getting down. It was, it was very slow process, but I was losing weight. And then I had a change in medication And since that, that change in medication was in July and I actually gained 30 pounds from July to January and due in part to that medication change and without, without any real changes to my diet. And so that is a, that is a real struggle for me right now because I've, you know, I'm retaining a lot of water, um, uh, I've, I've got a lot of edema in my legs and that actually adds to my weight and I'm, you know, 30 pounds over what I was before. So now I'm, I'm just struggling with that and trying to figure out what can I do, um, to get back on track. And it's very, very frustrating. So 
you know, without cutting my diet, you know, cutting the calories down even further, um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I will say I'm not exercising like I was when COVID started and my mother moved in and there's all these people in the house and all these things going on all the time. I, my exercise just went out the window there. I have very little physical exercise right now. And with the extra weight, it makes it less comfortable to exercise so I'm less inclined to uh, exercise. The catch 22 of it ex- is uh, the best way to lose weight is to exercise and eat healthy. And the hardest part about exercising when you're overweight is that it's nearly impossible. Sometimes it feels it's, com- it's really uncomfortable. very uncomfortable it's really and it, it's very discouraging. It, mm-hmm. it makes you not want to exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. That's, that's always been my struggle is like that motivation to actually do the exercise. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is just the exercise itself. Certain exercises are just hard to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm like not physically capable because of certain parts of my body are not in the right shape. Right. You know, right. and so, then, and then just the general fatigue afterwards. Cause I feel like I'm a lot more tired than I should be because of my weight. Right. Afterwards, right. that it just really takes me back. You know, I need well, extra rest after I exercise, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, and for me, it's really hard to make myself exercise by myself. I, I do much better when I have a partner to exercise with. And I, I'm always trying to find somebody reliable to be my, my exercise partner and, and it just doesn't ever seem to hold, um, you know, the, the people who are, uh, already inclined to exercise are already more physically fit than me. And so I can't keep up with them or they already have their own routine and, you know, I don't fit, fit into that style time right. frame. And, and, yeah. and, uh, I've had friends that did exercise with me and, and it really did help me be more motivated to go do it because I knew they were counting on me to go with them um, to the jazzercise or they were counting on me to go walk with them. But the minute that they lose interest or drop out or whatever, then I no then longer, yeah, I'm no longer out. motivated either. So I, it, it doesn't last very long. I understand that. And I absolutely refuse to go to the gym by myself. Especially unless it's like really late before it closes or really early in the morning because um, I don't like, I don't know. I feel like people are looking at me weird. Well, I don't even like, it's not even that for me. I'm just (laughs) a, I'm a socially motivated person. You know, like it's, it comes back down to like, and I'm always bringing up Eckhart Tolle, but you know, I read the book. <laughs> I know we, it, I swear it, it always comes up, but I, I read the book and then I'm compelled to share it. So every time I find something that works with me, I feel the need to share it. Um, that's why I'm doing this podcast. You know, that's why I write the blog. It, I feel compelled to share the things that work for me. I, I subscribe to the HelloFresh and then I'm always giving away here. Here's a free week of HelloFresh. Here's a free week. You know, I, I do that with my exercise too. I, when I find an exercise I enjoy, I want to share it. And I just feel more motivated if I have someone to do it with. I, I don't do a lot of things by myself. Um, and I probably should learn to do that, but I just don't. I like to do things with other people. And so it, it's harder to make myself get up and go do a bunch of sit-ups, you know, when just by myself. It's it's not fun. And going to, going to jazzercise by myself is not fun. Mm, I, I can definitely see that as like a fitness class or something like that. I don't think I could do that by myself. Now, as 
I don't know, like walking or something like that. I'm fine doing it by I, myself. Yeah, I do. Like I a, do walk by myself, but I just have not. I, I don't know. I I like to do it by myself, and I like to do it with other people. I like to kind of switch out with that one. Um, I do like to walk by myself because I can have my headphones on, you know, and listen to music that motivates me. And I don't have to worry about talking or anything. I could just kind of be in my head. But um, at the same time, I have to get, I have to have a partner that motivates me. We don't have to walk together, but the fact that we're walking at the same time or that we're both walking and we're, you know, comparing our notes. Did you walk today? I walked today. Did you walk today? An accountability. It's an accountability. Yes. And that's. Always nice to have. Uh, I have a friend who had used to have a weight loss clinic, and um, and she talked a lot about that. That having accountability with your weight loss is a big deal, and I've I've heard lots of weight loss coaches talk about that. Um, that's why they have you come into Weight Watchers to mm-hmm. weigh in um, because that's your accountability. I was yeah, going to yeah. mention Weight Watchers that um, the one time that that I was able to lose weight on like a it's weight watchers isn't really a fad diet but like um so a program such as that was weight watch watchers because it was kind of like the accountability they make you come in and weigh and like it was kind of like a shame if you gained weight right you know they you on your weekly weigh and then you had like a punch card and they printed out your weight and they stuck it on the card and it was like if you gained weight it was just like oh no a blight on your card it was like, yeah no, i can't gain weight must well, at the at but, the same time though i don't like that i don't like that shaming i don't think there should be any guilt in i still found a way to beat the system with that <laughs> and, I, I i would um the the day of my weigh-in after Weight Watchers, I would go and do my binge eating, like go to a buffet or something like that, binge eat for like two days, and then I got back on the Weight Watchers diet uh, and like uh, pretty much starved myself for like the next several days so I would lose weight. That's so that I yo-yo still, dieting Yeah, thing, I yeah, still that, found a way to beat the system and continue my binge right. eating. <laughs> I just, I, you know, you're talking about the feeling, the guilt, and, the, and that was one of the things that I learned with Noom is that there shouldn't be any guilt. You know, if you fall off the wagon, um, you know, you should have allowances for falling off the wagon, so to speak. And um, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, allowing yourself to have those um, cheats or whatever it is, have it built into your thing because nothing should ever be absolute. You should never say, oh, you can never have donuts ever again, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, because then you want donuts. It, it yeah, actually you, makes you want the donuts. If you so. say, no, you can never eat bread ever again, then it's like, Bread. And that's I what want bread. that was one of the things I struggled with with my diabetes diet at first because the technically the diabetes diet is you're not supposed to be eating that stuff. Don't eat that donut. You know, go have whatever for, you know. Um, but it's it's really hard to do that. And the and the more I told myself I couldn't have those things, the more deprived of those things I felt and the, then the more deprived I felt, the more I wanted them. And that just made it harder and harder to resist. So with the Noom um, thing, one of the things that it did was give you, you know, let yourself have a, have that thing, not, you know, just, but you have to set some rules around it. So uh, one of the things that I love, 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 and it's really terrible is Krispy Kreme donuts when they're fresh off the fryer you know they come around that little conveyor belt and you walk in that store or you go through the drive through window and they open it up and you can just smell that hot sugar and you put those donuts in your mouth and this is a terrible thing for somebody trying to lose weight but you put that donut in your mouth and it literally melts in your mouth like cotton candy and and, and it's only when they're hot you know and fresh right off the fryer 
So when the little red light comes on, you know, and they're, they're hot and fresh. So I, they built this Krispy Kreme right down the road from me, right after I went on my diabetes diet. And I'm I was like, I going to mention it doesn't help that you live down the street from right, a Krispy it Kreme. It was really bad. And you can smell <laughs> like, that stuff. Rude. You can smell those donuts in the air when you drive by. And so it was like really, really bad. And so, you know, that was one of the things I set up with my Noom diet was that it's okay to stop. And have that Krispy Kreme donut when the light is on. If I'm driving by and I have time to stop and and I really want that donut, it is okay to stop and have that donut. But I'm only going to have one donut. One donut. And only if I really, really, really want it. And so now when I drive by... I will guarantee you 99% of the time I drive by that Krispy Kreme and that light, if, if that light is on, I look at it and I go, I'm kind of in a hurry. I'm just going to keep going. And, but I know that I could eat it if I wanted to, I really could eat that donut if I wanted it, but I just keep going. And, you know, once in a while I will go, you know, I got a few minutes extra and that donut sounds really good. I haven't had breakfast. It's a while till lunch. Or or I had breakfast a long time ago and it's a while till lunch. I think I'm going to have that Krispy Kreme donut. And I will drive through and I'll get one donut. And I mindfully, I pull over to the side of the road. I'm not eating it fast. I take little bites and I savor that donut and enjoy that donut in the moment, in the now. Thanks. <laughs> And, um, Jennifer's laughing here and, um, you know, and I'm I enjoy it. you describe this donut and it's making me really want a donut. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not like this man, is not helping. Yeah. Like, I'm but, like, man, but the thing is, is that Krispy I'm only, Kreme used to be 24 hours. I, I really, <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah, they did. Yeah. But I, en- I can enjoy it. But 99% of the time I just drive right on by and I have no desire to have that donut. And I don't, I can't tell you when, probably the last time that Kristen brought donuts to the house was the last time I had a donut. That's been months ago. Oh, Christmas. We had, we had donuts at Christmas because she stopped with Raina and bought and brought donuts. And before that, it was probably another three to six months ago that I had a donut and, and I don't miss the donuts because I know that I can have the donut if I want it. Now, if I could just do that with the fast food burritos, I'd be a whole lot better off. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay, so here we go. I want I want to move on with this topic a little bit further, just a just a little bit before we close, because um, next week or well, this weekend, not next week, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Um, that's one that a lot of people struggle with because. You know, there's the family backyard barbecue. Um, you know, there's a spread there that people have laid out of, you know, the little smorgasbord or whatever, barbecue, whatever you have there. Um, sometimes we imbibe a little bit, you know, alcohol lowers our inhibitions and makes us more likely to eat as uh. well as drink more. <laughs> um you know, do we have any tips there for um, dealing with those kind of situations where you know you're going to be there, that food is there? What are some of the tips that you think you have for um, somebody that's faced with that? Pick one thing on that spread to say no to. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Take a good look at it and decide what that one thing is and say no. So if it's like the three-layer cake or whatever. Or, or the potato salad. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the chips. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some people do like barbecue and then a whole bunch of bags of chips. And those open bag of chips at a party are dangerous because you just keep filling them up Eat on them your little paper plate. And you don't yeah. realize how many you've eaten. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a good point. If you're trying to do low-carb, then don't 
do eat the, the bread. bun. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't don't do the bread. Yeah, don't do the bread and chips. Just do the meat and like you know I've oh, done that a lot. The vegetable the, tray, the barbecue. You know you could still have the barbecue sandwich, um, without the bun. And uh, I'll put the onions and the pickles out. You know and put the barbecue there and and eat that and and equally sat- same thing with the hamburger. You know you yeah. can. Put the lettuce out and the tomato face and just yeah, do one and, or piece do, of it. only eat one piece of bread. Um, another tip that I have heard a lot is um, if you know it's going to be food that you probably shouldn't eat, eat something healthy before you go, mm-hmm. or bring your own food, or bring your own food. Yeah, or um, if it's something where you have the option to bring food, pick something that you really enjoy that's a healthier option mm-hmm, to share. Mm-hmm. If yeah. it's like a potluck or something. Yeah, especially with like desserts because sometimes the desserts are are the thing that gets you too. You know, somebody made that homemade ice cream or a pie or whatever. Um, think about a, a low carb or a low fat or a, mm-hmm. a low calorie option there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sugar free. Because you might not be the only person there that is on that diet or, you know, or I, and I don't like that word being on a diet, but you might be the only, you won't be Food the only person that's person. conscious about what they're trying to eat. At work potlucks, I always bring either a fruit tray or a vegetable tray because I know I can eat that. Well, that's a good point too. And, yeah. um, I will stick to that if nobody else brings something like if, it's all cupcakes or whatever. There's at least a fruit tray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and remember, if you if you do decide to eat something that's not exactly on your diet plan, it's just one day. It's one yeah. Day. Don't, don't just, feel guilty pick, about it. Don't don't guilt yourself. Just pick up and start over again with the next meal. Yeah, each day is a new day, and that's definitely one thing to think about if you're trying to lose weight. That um, if you mess up one day, you can always start over the next. Right. And, I it, think one and thing... it shouldn't be an excuse to continue eating that right. bad thing either. When so people talk about falling off the wagon. The wagon doesn't drive off and leave you there. The wagon, when you fall off the wagon, it's right there waiting for you to get back yeah, on. Just climb back on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And start over tomorrow. If you did that one mess up, you know, then... Don't be like, well, now I can eat that again. You know, just mm-hmm. start over tomorrow. But, but don't really restrict yourself like um, Cindy was saying with the donut. You know, don't say, no, I can never have this ever again. Reward yourself like say, and that's a good tip and trick right there is reward. Like um, right now, my reward for continuing Because I recently started going to the gym again. And um, my reward that if I can lose that weight that I gained, I'm going to get a new tattoo. And that's my reward. And I really want that tattoo. (laughs) Yeah, but don't reward yourself with food. No, I'm not going to reward it with food. I'm going to reward it with a tattoo. (laughs) That's the trick. You can't let food be a monetary system or an emotional. And another thing, you know, you're talking about the, the, have that, if, if you really, really, really want that piece of cake, have a little tiny piece of the cake mm-hmm. and mm. and be satisfied with that little bit of cake and but don't use eating one bite of cake as an excuse to go eat the rest of the cake or the rest you know have mm-hmm. ice cream with the cake or have the cake and the pie or you know just 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 be happy don't with go that all little out. bit yeah don't <laughs> go all out uh, because every time that you put food in your mouth you have the choice to eat something good or, and, and I don't want to use good or bad, but you have the choice of what you are eating and it, and you don't, just because you ate something that wasn't in the plan doesn't mean you have to keep eating the thing that's not in the plan. So um, I think that's, that's probably a good place to wrap it up today. Um, you guys be safe out there for Memorial Day. Um, drink responsibly, please, and um, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Why did I say that? It's all your fault. <laughs> yes, yeah. we will see you next week. But um, thanks to Red Door Studios, 
and creative audio tech for our audio and the great theme music and equipment. And next week up on the podcast, who is after me? That is Amber. Yes, we're going to be talking about astrology and sun signs next week. So tune in and listen to our podcast about astrology and sun signs and um, bring uh, maybe chat with us and bring your own thoughts on that. Yeah. And um, so if you have any tips for weight loss or getting through the Memorial Day weekend with a little bit better control of your eating habits, come on over and share them on our Facebook chat group, MMC Chat. And you can also find more content on the blog at modernmusings.net. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.